All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. My name is Scott, coming to you live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. And I got a very informative episode for you guys tonight. I'm very excited for this one um, with uh, my friend Patrick, who uh, actually had some success suing his former employer that fired him for, uh, no, not taking the shots and capitulating and caving into all the tyranny. So good on him, and I'm excited to discuss his story. So real quick, though, I want to tell you guys how you can follow and support the show. So the big push right now, I want to tell you guys, is the book. All right, here, check it out. Hold on. Let me get before I get too far ahead of myself. Burn Back Better, Lahaina, A Perfect Storm or a Perfect Crime. Um, this is the new book written by Shelby from Unjected and then Stephanie Perucci. Perucci Publishing is out, is available. You can get it at shopunjected.com. Go sign up, uh, you know, for the email list. You'll get a promo code, 30% off the whole site. The whole website's got all kinds of cool stuff. Um, the men's collection, we got the men's uh stud tank i really like this this is this is my ad copy contribution so show the world that you've never had a band-aid on those biceps and there's exclusive injected tank there you go so hilarious hilarious but also we just released like we're just put it out the uh oh i forgot we have to update the shipping stuff so you may check back like tomorrow and these will be available see when you click on them it's the stupid thing still says out of stock when they're not out of stock but we got the new holiday collection out okay so wear these to your holiday gatherings or your ugly sweater parties you got ones that say told you so with the injected logo naughty and non-compliant you know what i'm saying when tyranny becomes law rebellion becomes duty freedom over fear and then the injected logos men's women's oh, become ungovernable with the orca flying over the ship you know what i'm saying Got some all, all kinds of cool stuff happening over at the Injected Shop. So uh, shopinjected.com, get your Injected swag. They got stickers, cups, mugs, yoga mats, robes, towels, beach towels, everything. But also get the book Burn Back Better, Lahaina, Perfect Storm or Perfect Crime, which is um, a really powerful testimony about what happened, what transpired in, in Maui and Lahaina. You know, I, I was able to help out putting this book together and uh, just very grateful to be a part of this project. Um, definitely uh is an important thing to have so um check that out also you should head over to my t-shirt shop rebunk.news forward slash shirts we have all the classic designs censorship kills when you comply you die which uh i will say i did an episode I, I guess hosted for christy lee on her show counter narratives today and that was one of the topics that came up you know when we were discussing because i had shelby and stephanie both of the co-authors of the book on and we discussed in depth you know the book itself and one of the main takeaways was that People who complied are the ones that died. Those who were able to escape Lahaina on the day of the fire are the ones that broke through the police barricades, went around, cut through fences, basically disobeyed the government. Those are the people that survived. The ones that sat in their cars, the ones that complied are the ones that died. Same thing with the COVID shots. When you comply, you die. Do you see what I'm saying? There's kind of, There seems to be a trend here and a pattern happening. So the number one thing is just do not comply. And then let your friends and neighbors know with your official rebunked gear. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway, uh, so rebunked.news is the main landing page. You'll see all the links to everything, the social media, video platforms, audio podcast platforms. Make sure you're subscribed. Five-star reviews on Apple, all that good stuff. And then uh, value for value contributions, all of the... Affiliates, you got autonomy, 
TRS Heavy Metal Detox, and then you'll see the link to the shirt shop. Or if you guys just want to do a donation on the Give, Send, Go, that's always appreciated as well. And then last but not least, the Substack. Um, I really want to encourage you to at least sign up. It's free. You know, it's completely free, but this is basically my email list. So whenever I do a show, I send out a notification via Substack. So like, for example, this is today's episode, um, a little bit of a description. And then again, you can find the the links to the affiliates and you can sign up if you want as like a $5 a month subscriber on the Substack. That does really help, um, you know, with all the expenses and everything that goes on with producing the show. But like I said, it is free and there's no obligation to do that. But this is just a good way to get on the email list so you know what's going on and what's current with the show. See, like with this, I retweeted uh, or restacked or whatever they call it, uh, my friend Paul's uh, episode with Derek. So, you know, it's not just my show. It's like other things I find interesting, like unique other articles and content that I'll be putting out on there as well. I know I keep saying that, and one of these days I will. But in the meantime, rebunked.substack.com. Go sign up over there. And uh, just stay up to date with the show. So I think that's pretty much what I got for you today in terms of the business. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring in my friend Patrick. Patrick, what's going on, dude? What's up? First time guest, long time listener of the show. So good to be here. Hell yeah, dude. You did it. You did it. You made it to the big... No, I'm just kidding. Well, it's... uh, Well, I've known Patrick, so everybody watching and listening, I've, I've known Patrick for quite a while now. We've been in this whole freedom movement thing for a while. We've done some... Uh, video so so actually uh uh patrick is the one that was the camera operator for all the t-lab man on the street footage um we got to be doing some more of that one of these days but uh yeah, man you know like uh so we've been in this fight together and like he's been having this ongoing battle with the man with the establishment over uh the, the job loss due to the vaccine situation or the the, the experimental mrna injection situation so why don't we start at the very beginning Patrick, tell us about what happened, what you were doing, what your life was like pre-COVID, and then like how this all came to a head for you. Okay, I might start with a, a kind of a, it's been an interesting uh, two years. I might start with a quick synopsis and then we can get into some yeah, of the details. Totally. So uh, yeah, two little two plus years ago, summer of uh, 2021, I was in Seattle, one of the you know worst places for COVID, you know, uh, lockdowns, masks, all the craziness was really, really thick there. I was working at a, um, a government office. I was a contractor. And in the summer of 2021, the, you know, Biden's mandate came out, federal workers and this and that. And then it came down for federal contract. What, what were you doing? What were like, what was your job though? Specifically? Uh, so IT support, kind of like your, yeah. you know, your office kind of, yeah. you know, tech guy. So wasn't yeah. it in a, was it like for a government or some sort of government agency or something? Yeah, like it was that? a NOAA fisheries. So national okay. oceanic and administrative. Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, and then I was a contractor of that, and it's a little, it's, okay. it's in uh, Montlake in Seattle. So it's like it's like a government-funded operation, basically. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that, that was, office yeah. was a bunch of federal employees and all that, but then gotcha. I was a contractor. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yep. And uh, so it was when I was one of the first, you know, subjected to this mandate. So this mandate came through. I refused, and they said, uh, "Well, if you refuse, you're going to lose your job." Now, yeah, what, no. what time period was this? Do you remember like what? like? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This was, I think, uh, August 27th, 2021 mm -hmm. was when the email came through. It was a Friday afternoon. They sent an email and we can get into the details, but it said, you know, yeah. you, either, you either get vaxxed by this date or you test twice weekly. And, or if you and if you don't do those, then you will not be allowed on a job site. You know, that's essentially what they said. Mm -hmm. so we can uh we can go we can go from there we can go chronological so 
So they, they here. I'm going to read a little bit of the uh, their message because I think it might be interesting for a few folks here. I'll just read, read a couple highlights here. Totally. So uh, yeah, let's see. As noted in the August such and such 2021 new safety uh, COVID protocols for contractors, affiliates, visitors go into effect on August 30th. Uh, temporary exception till September 13th. Um, so it says, yeah. If, you will need to provide a, we have a temporary exception. You'll have to either essentially provide proof of vaccination or Monday, September 13th. If you do not uh, do vaccination or get tested twice weekly on, on my, you know, your own time or my own time, my own dime, then, and you will have to, you know, carry proof of this on your person. Like, so literally like carry papers, you know I mean? You have to like, theoretically, I have to prove at any moment's notice that I've, you know, I've complied and I've, I've gotten the jab or whatever, yeah. or, done the, or done the testing routine. And then um, it says this, this guidance does not apply to federal employees at this time. You know, they, they can continue to ac access NOAA work sites, you know? So, and uh, so this is August 27th and it said September 13th. If you do not comply, uh, you're done. You can't, you can't access a job site essentially. So, you know, pretty much you're fired. Wow. So, so this was, yeah, like I said, that was a Friday afternoon. And, um, my, my response was, uh, this is to my, to my two supervisors, according to the statement from the, uh, deputy undersecretary of below, I'll be in violation of the terms specified on Monday, September 13th. And I said, uh, I hereby refuse completely under any circumstances to comply with any of the following. Certify vaccination status, any other medical intervention or disclose any of my personal private medical information whatsoever, whether in paper or digital form. I will not submit to provide documentation of PCR, antigen or other medical testing of any kind. I will not carry or provide any documentation, whether paper or digital on my person in order to gain entry to any NOAA facility. And then under that, I put in bold. I find these mandates to be a gross violation of my religious beliefs, my basic human rights, natural law, HIPAA, the Nuremberg Code, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitution of the United States of America. I said, uh, if as a result of my refusal, it's determined that I will not be allowed to continue working in my role or capacity, please inform me as soon as possible. So basically, I said, fuck you. That's that's mm -hmm. pretty much what that, uh, that amounts to. I was like... Because I, I know a lot of us that were knew what was going on, and I knew I knew for a while this was coming. Like it was it was imminent. I just this was like the first hard date that came around. They just threw it down. It was like it was out there, and then it said this. And so I knew a long time that if and when this came around, obviously there's no chance that shit's going in my body. There's no chance I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with this. And so when it came, that's what I said. Boom. That was a uh, end of the day Friday. The following week. By the, I think it was lunchtime Thursday, uh, my, my boss emailed me and said, uh, you know, Patrick, thank you for the great job you've been doing um, in these unusual times. Please bring back all your stuff tomorrow. Bring your, bring your badge and your laptop and this and that. Mm. And, you know, thank you for working for the company. And uh, wow. yeah, up until that point, I think I was working. So in about June of 2020, that's when all the, you know, everyone was like all the remote work started. Right. Mm -hmm. So for about a year and a half, I was working myself and one other guy on the team. We would go in and work. A, you know, the, the, the building was like a skeleton crew. It was like 
maintenance guy, the, the you know, the mail guy and the tech guy. I mean, there's like nobody there. You know, I mean, you remember how insane it was. Nobody, everyone was at home. Mm-hmm. So myself and one other guy on the team would rotate and I'd go in there and work in person for a week. And then he would, you know what I mean? So anyway, for a year and a half, I mean, hey, I was the guy there. I was doing, I was helping out. I was, I, I, apparently I wasn't afraid to go and uh, go in person and work. So under that circumstance, I was, you know, doing my job for the team. And then he's like, you're done, dude. Bring your stuff back. That's it. You know, just like that. Did you have any allies there whatsoever, like in management or even like any people that were coworkers or anybody mm. that you could confide in or anybody that was like secretive behind closed doors? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and a couple guy, a couple buddies that I worked with, um, we would have conversations and they, you know, they were like kind of half red pilled. Like they kind of knew what was going on. And, you know, one guy knew it was bullshit, but he wasn't like as, as adamant as me. And he had like he had like a long career. You know, this guy was like a 20 plus year employee and i don't give any details but anyway there's a couple of yeah. people there that were that were that knew stuff some something fishy was up and they didn't like it and um so i could have like some some general conversations with some supportive coworkers, but no one in any kind of uh you know authoritative power position at all i mean they were uh, on 100 lockstep with like covid you know it's yeah. insane it's deadly it's we all need to be you know scared and hiding our Exactly. Well, I mean, this is, yeah. this is, this is Seattle. I mean, I yeah. had a very similar experience in Eugene. I mean, it was like yeah. basically in my office, it was like one other guy and he was like pretty high up. He was like the program director at the site where I was at. He was like one step below the executive director. And uh, yeah, so I can relate to like not having any allies. In fact, the complete opposite of allies where they, they got word of the fact that I wasn't in their cult and Therefore, it made life in the workplace very difficult. Do you have that experience? Like once they sniffed you out as being somebody who wasn't on their team, did you feel like animosity from other people in the office or in the It was, there was a little, um, there was a little undercurrent of, oh, actually one guy did explode on me, but there was a little undercurrent of people like, so up until that point, masking was insane. Like you had to wear a mask mm-hmm. the whole time. And I was in, you know, an IT, an IT office by myself, 99% of the time, once in a while, someone would walk in and they'd have their mask on. And I would kind of halfway pretend, like if I knew the person was kind of, uh, you know, with the, the lie, I would kind of halfway pretend yeah, with, with the, the mask. Lie. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. you know, some people were way into it. There was one, one coworker. He, I mean, this dude was like rubber gloves, double mask, alcohol, disinfectant, yep. wiping this and just, just nutso all the way, all the way into the, to the thing. And, um, you know, and then people, you know, I would walk between, there's a couple of different buildings in the campus and I would obviously, so I'd walk without my, you know, people would say, I remember yeah. one coworker saying, where's your mask? I was having a conversation with this other guy. We're outside. Yeah. This other coworker walked by like, wow, two people with no mask. Guys, come on, you know, let's get together. Like that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> and, we're, and we're just, we're just like, good Lord. And then one, yeah. one person again was way in the cult and, um, I pretty much, you know, we, we had different conversations and he's way, way, way opposing views and, and, and all sorts of regards. But, uh, when yeah. it came to COVID, I kind of, we got, we got into it at one point, I think when they were talking about, you know, I remember all the commercials where you, you would get your little pass to get into this, to get into the ball game or to get into a restaurant that, yeah. that subject came up and were, the conversation kind of came around and I just, I was said, dude, if that ever, that re- requirement ever comes here, that's, I'm not going to work here that, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And then he got into this insane, um, just kind of tirade, essentially at the end of it saying, it's people like you 
that are killing people are dying because people like you, you know, just flip, oh God, flipping yeah. the hell out of totally yeah. just lost it. You know, so it was, uh, it was a little bit of everything, but the whole, they were very, very rigidly in the cult in that, uh, in that workplace in Seattle, as you know. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. So, um, wow. So, so what was your last day like there? I'm trying to like, I remember my last, you know, cause I, the, my listeners know I've been through a similar situation. I'm not going to get too much into it. Maybe there's some overlap, but, uh, like, what was your last day there? Like, like, what were you, what were you feeling? What was that like? Was it, were you happy? Were you frustrated? Were you scared? Like, what was that like? Yeah. So like I said, the email came on a Friday and I was working in person at the office. So the following week I was working remote. So this whole thing, you know, I'm just doing my thing remote and a couple of days go by and I was like, Hey, is there any update? Like what's going to happen in my, you know, with, with my uh, refusal here. Um, and then I got that thing that said, please bring your stuff back tomorrow, which was the next Friday. So uh, I, I get my stuff. I meet the guy, excuse me, like at the gate, you know, mm-hmm. I give him my, my, my keys and this and that. And he's like, yeah, man, this is crazy, you know? And yeah, take my, so there wasn't much of a really in-person kind of experience other than like just dropping my stuff off. That was, that was pretty much it. So there wasn't, I didn't really get any of my stuff. It was, mm. it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty quick. But when I told, and as we'll get into as a, during the whole COVID time, I was working with a Seattle truth network. I mean, we were out mm-hmm. there kind of doing some, some protesting, some flyers. We were, you know, hanging out on the highway, getting, getting all the hatred from all the crazy people in Seattle trying to say like, Hey, you know, we need to know, you know, your, your rights are getting stomped out here. So we got a lot of, yeah. a, lot of a lot of heat for doing that kind of thing. But through that network of people, I got a tip and I was, I was in touch with them. You know, I was like, Hey, I refuse. And, you know, I was talking to some of these different people here and, uh, the dub, the Washington civil rights council was in its kind of uh, inception at this point, or just, and they were, you know, I was one of the first people that like the requirement was coming out and they were starting to work with people to try and keep their jobs and this and that. And um, I talked to Victoria at the Seattle truth network and she gave me a constructive notice. So basically they had already had some information that was, that was helpful uh, from a lawyer that was working on some of the laws that were saying like straight up, there's, you're violating so many laws by, you know, require me to vax, test, yep. wear masks. Like you're violating Washington state law, federal law, all these. And it said, so, but so the day before actually was my last day, I sent him a constructive notice and said, Hey, look, you were, you were violating this, 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 this law. And if I am, uh, you know, dismissed from my role, I will consider legal action. So I, I mm-hmm. submitted that to my former supervisor. He, you know, he's like, thank you for your uh, considered response. Essentially, uh, our position remains unchanged. Wow. Please bring your please bring your stuff back to the, and uh and please uh, and he added uh please wear a mask if you enter the building you know you had to throw it in God, there. God, yeah, just make sure you wear a mask. Make sure you wear a mask. You bring what a this. fucking scumbag! <laughs> but but at that at that moment, it gave me you know it laid that groundwork that said okay. I said I only accept this decision under duress, all rights reserved. You know I, I added these this legalese that I knew. I didn't know what the chances were that there would be any kind of real legal recourse because it was an insane time. I was hoping, so I was going to lay it all out there. And as it turns out, there was. But at that moment, I didn't. I had no idea. So my income was abruptly cut off. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had no job, no severance, no blah blah blah. I was approved. I did get unemployment for a period of time, so that was good. You know, and I didn't. I didn't bullshit them. I told them exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, although my former employer tried to fight and deny me unemployment, you know, so that, that was nice of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, when it what right when it happened, it was nuts. It was um, 
I didn't know what to do. So, well, for the, well, what I did do is uh, left, put my stuff in storage. I'm like, I don't, especially at that time, like, I don't know if I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be in Seattle. I don't really see myself, yeah. there, especially the way things are going. So I'm thinking like, what are my options? Where can I go? What can I do? So it was just like, life was just upside down, like instantly, you know, just, just nothing. So uh, those following two months from, uh, yeah, from about the first week of September up until November, give or take, uh, like I said, I put a good amount of my stuff in storage, cleared up my apartment in Seattle. Uh, for the most part, I was, you know, living out of my, my SUV with, you know, okay. ca yeah, camping. Yeah, totally. I mean, we were doing like, like the, I remember at that time, like all of these people were having festivals with, like yeah, we're camping half the time, doing an Airbnb or a hotel here, staying at a friend's here, you know, it was kind of all. I did that for almost a good two months. I mean, that's what it was. I was, you know, essentially just kind of like a vagabond, you know, because the world was that nuts. I didn't know what my options were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, shout out to uh, Miguel. You remember Miguel? Yeah, We called ourselves the Unvaxxed Cowboys. He had a, a different situation, but for a while we were kind of road dogging it and this and that for a little while. Um, and then one interesting turn was at the first or second week of November, um, Derek Bros, shout mm. out Derek Bros and Freedom Cells had a, he has a thing or he had a thing called the Underground Railroad where, where essentially he will, uh, he would meet you at the Mexican border and see if, you know, kind of guide you in and see if you wanted to check out Mexico, meet some other like-minded people, check out the, you know, just see, see if it's an option you wanted to do. So anyway, I met, uh, I drove from Oregon, um, down through Cali up in four, I had four days to meet him. Like he had a date, like we're going to the, you know, meet you in Laredo at this date. And four days I drove from there to Texas, met him, went to Mexico for two months or give or take, you know, and uh, which is interesting. Met a lot of uh, good, you know, freedom minded people down there. Went to the Sayulita super spreader event. And again, this is at the height of all the madness, man. Just like, you know, yeah. Um, so that was, that was that, you know, immediate aftermath. And then, uh, Came back to, I grew up in Maryland, came back to Maryland for a little while um, to help my, help my mom. My, my stepfather passed away, helped her for a little while. Yeah. The aftermath of that, back home. Once it, you know, got most of that settled and I did what I could do there, um, ended up in Tennessee, you know, and that's, that's a little over a year ago that got to Tennessee. Yeah. But in that time, this whole legal process has gone through many different, different phases and we can, you know, we can get into that, but. Yeah, totally. Well, okay. So at what point did you, so you kind of left, did the vagabond thing for a little while. At what point did you make the decision that you were going to take action against these people? So that whole time, so immediately after they fired me, um, there was again with the, uh, the WCRC, they were working with an attorney and I uh, sent, I sent him a letter. This was while I was in Mexico. So in November, December of 21 saying, um, Hey, I, I would, it's like a demand for severance pay. If I would like this much severance pay, if you do not give me something, if we don't work out something, I'm going to file a lawsuit. So in that time I was emailing back and forth with the lawyer. He kind of hinted at the possibility of a, of a settlement, like a little something, you know, maybe make you go away. And we were emailing back and forth. And then it, it got to the point where he just said, if you don't give me legal authority, which essentially means like case law or, or just mm -hmm. something historically relevant in law to says that, you know, this is how it'll play out. And he's, he was essentially like, get out of here. You know, he kind of just was, and I was like, okay. So at the beginning, very beginning of 2022, I said, okay, you know, so that negotiation broke down. I said, I will file my lawsuit. 
so then I went through that process and, um, and then for, you know, if hopefully people don't have to go, maybe there might be still some people going through it, but, um, so the process, if you're fired, if you have a wrongful termination by law, you have to start at the EEOC because a lot of mm -hmm. times people are fired for discrimination or, you know, all kind of weird stuff. I mean, that's kind of like a wrongful termination. It's not, it's not usually because you're required to take an experimental, uh, pharmaceutical, you know, that's, a, it was a yeah. new thing. <laughs> um, so you had to go through them just and they have to decide whether or not they will help you. They might offer to work with you or mediate or work. But anyway, you have to jump through that hoop to to get the right to sue. I don't know if that's in every state. It might be. But in Washington, essentially, you had to, that's your first stop. You have mm -hmm. to get a document. It's called a notice of right to sue. So I went through that. That took a few months. I filed my lawsuit in uh, April of 2022. Uh, and the funny thing about that is since I was... Um, since they were kind of, I sent it to them. I was considered out of state. They had 60 days to respond. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and they don't respond. And what you do is you, you look up their registered agent. So they hire a person that says, you know, I'm paying you to, if I'm served with a lawsuit, you accept it. Like when you get a, you know, this person is legally bound to get a lawsuit and then notify you and go through that process. So I serve their, it's called the registered agent. I didn't hear back 60 days go by. They didn't respond. They didn't respond. I'm talking to all my friends and advisors here and I'm, I guess like, I don't know what to think other than they're just not taking me seriously. They just think I'm going to go away and give up. Mm -hmm. So they just, they did not respond. So 60 days or so, uh, when the, when the date came up, then you have to pursue, it's a default judgment. So if someone doesn't appear, they don't respond, they make no, you know, you have to respond in some way saying like to the, to the court saying, I'm going to, I'm going to fight this, blah, blah, blah. You have to make an appearance and say, okay, I, I disagree with what this, this lawsuit says they never did that. So you have to pr pursue a default judgment. So that process was really for me being, you know, I mean, it had help, but it was super duper uh, confusing. All the, the formatting of the paperwork, how you submit it. I kept doing it wrong over and over and over. I mean, there's like a motion, a declaration. There is a, you know, an, an order for the judge to sign all this, all this jargon. You have to learn all these tedious processes to go through it. So I, I was trying to pursue that and I did it wrong just over and over and over and over hmm. finally i got it right i mean it took a long time a lot of money out of my pocket to where the judge agreed to give me a default hearing and then there was a there was a date set for that and then in some of the emails with the court i noticed that they said you have to notify the defendant of this hearing and uh, the only contact i had since i hadn't heard from my actual employer the only contact i had was that lawyer who i talked to in the beginning of the year I said, hey, just so you know, this hearing is happening on such and such date. And then a few weeks later, they re they responded and they had a whole team of lawyers. So what happened was uh, apparently their registered agent, when I serve the lawsuit, you get a process server. They give them an affidavit. You know, they say you've been served, yada, yada. Um, they were then supposed to email. They had an email contact and that email inbox was, was apparently not being monetored. So they just never got it. Oh, or wow. that's, or that's what they said. So when they got word of the default hearing, then they're like, oh, then they replied. Then they're like, we need to get this uh, this default. It's called vacated. Right. So yeah. we're, I was, they're going to say, no, we can't. We can't. So if, if I get a default, the judge is going to say in the best case scenario, OK, you win. I'm going to give you X amount of X amount of money. And so they said, uh, well, well, they obviously argued that. So uh they got that vacated to make a long story short, I had a, a zoom trial on that. And, um, I, 
you know, the judge, I can say, I felt, I felt she was very, you know, as best I could tell, very, I didn't know if the, the, the judge I would, would be in the pocket of the, the, the cabal. I had no idea, but, but she seemed very fair. And she's like, well, Mr. Floyd, I okay. think if I, if I, um, you know, if I gave you this default, there's the most likely uh, outcome would be that it would just go to another court and get overturned. It's not like you're just going to get a lump sum. So she's like, the, the defense's argument is not the greatest I've ever heard. But I don't I don't think like, honestly, it's the best, uh, you know, thing for you. Um, so then so then now then it's on. Then now they're like, let me go into the process. I get a new, a new yep. trial, a new trial date. There's new, you know, different points along the way. You have to hit discovery and all this stuff and producing documents and all that. So we entered we entered that whole process. Now, how are you feeling like through all this? Are you feeling discouraged? Like I remember talking to you through a lot of this. I remember you checking in and just being like oh my God, well, I've just got to do this now. And they're making me do this now. Like, was there any point where you felt like giving up, but you you persevered and pushed through anyway? (laughs) Or did you, or did you always kind of have like uh, an eye on the prize? It was both actually. I mean, it was really, and any, most people who've been through, especially something this long, it's such a soul sapping process, man, Mm -hmm. you know? And just like I said, going through the tedium of different processes and getting rejected. And it was incredibly draining, incredibly energy sucking and just like frustrating beyond belief. And, um, I never, I don't think I never considered like, I'm just going to give, that was never in there. I got, I got really frustrated and fed up several times, Yeah, but I, but it was never, I never had the, the, the real decision that I was going to give up. I just wouldn't like, even though I hated doing it, I just have, I just had to fight this. Like I, and I was going, I was going to see it through. So that whole, that whole process, Many times it was really difficult, really frustrating. Um, but, you know, I, with my with people that were helping me kind of with some moral support, with some legal support and just kind of, just kind of keeping the ball rolling. I kind of, I kind of hung in there just, just, just enough, but, but it was a really, really difficult, really stressful process, yeah. you know, and the way it dragged on. And then this past summer was when the whole like, you kind of rebooted and then it got like really intense and really fast, you know, instead of being dragged out and not knowing why stuff wasn't happening. Now it's like, now it's like mm-hmm. I'm fully engaged with these legal snakes, you know, they're yeah. just like, just these scumbags. And, um, and essentially, you know, I had to like, and now I'm contending with all these little, these different processes with these lawyers. And it's like, you know, then I had to be, and it's almost like, to me, I felt like quite honestly, it's like these lawyers, like they, at this point, a few months ago this summer at this point they're still fighting they're still saying that with everything that we know now even with what the normies in the mainstream admit of what with all the deception lies and bullshit you know all, everything that's like common knowledge now they're still at this point arguing i should have taken this experimental thing into my body you now so i'm like yeah and that to me it's just mind-boggling i'm thinking i'm 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 like working against like the operational level of the devil. You know, I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I felt. It's like, I have to fight this, you know what I mean? No matter what. And I didn't know, I didn't know exactly what my chances were, especially with the different um, things that were going on in the summer. So you got to go through discovery and that's where you, uh, you know, you request documents and email, like both sides say, Hey, show me this, show me that, give me documents, give me an account, you know, tell me who your witnesses are going to be. You know, you kind of give each other a preparation. Uh, yeah. and, we went, and we went through that and you have the um, then they 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 gave me a deposition. So I just sit for four hours while they asked me a bunch of questions. Um, and this guy essentially tried to ask me like, OK, so what's your uh, and I when I refused, I threw in the um, just 
out of just kind of just to be to check all the boxes like um i don't i'm not a particular kind of religion as far as a certain theology but i said this, yeah. this, you know I, I knew i threw that in there because i said this violates my religious beliefs so you tried to like stick on that and say okay what is your religious beliefs who are your um who do you worship what text do you read you know you tried to like really delve into that and the whole time i kept responding like they never offered any kind of exemption okay that was never discussed at all religious or otherwise but he kept trying to harp on what's your religion and pick that apart you know what i mean yeah so kept he kept going at that hard and what was um so so this was four hours i had to sit sit through that um that was that was really really draining and really different i think i did a pretty good job um and then at that point uh, you know we went we got we went back and forth with like, like i said some of the emails and the documents like asked them okay who was uh who was involved in the, the decision to terminate my employment please list everyone who was involved among those people who made the final decision they, they give me that okay and i say i want emails meeting minutes you know any any kind of record of any of these discussions and they gave me all that and then i said okay of the of the people who were involved in this discussion and the person who made this decision did anyone at any time discuss the law or the legality of terminating my employment and they just said no that, that was that wow. was that was their answer no and these are called interrogatories these are questions you ask back these are questions you ask in uh in discovery right you just you listed all these questions and you say answer these and now produce the documents to substantiate all your all your, all your and there's like no and then I, I got a chain of emails where they uh you know they went around different like hr people i, I saw like the, the conversation where where it went and it was so quick they were like um oh yeah i didn't realize he was so adam like really mm -hmm. adamantly so opposed i guess um yeah i guess we'll just replace him we can start looking for a replacement we'll take this other guy on the team and we'll 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 promote him and within like two days, it was just, it was like, there was like, no, it's no real discussion. They're just like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just replace them. Yeah. That sounds good. Boom. That was pretty much like yeah. the, <laughs> the email yeah. thread that went around, um, wow. you know? Um, and then following, um, following the deposition in Washington, it is required to call, I think it's, uh, it's called alternate dispute resolution. You have to engage. So before you go to trial, mm -hmm. you have to at least go through the motions, even if you don't meet it, of like discussing settlement or even, you know, you have to have some kind of a meeting, some kind of a, you know, a conversation to say, okay, is there something else to do besides go to trial? And you, so you have to do that, whether or not you, you're, whatever your intention is, you have to do that. And so after, after the, uh, the deposition, the lawyer, you know, email me this, he's like, Mr. Flood, you know, we need to do this and this, uh, we would suggest a, a mediator. So, and this is a, so that's a third party that kind of yeah. you know, goes yeah. between, and uh, I was thinking, well, I don't know if they're just kind of checking the box, going through the motion, or should I should I expect like a really sincere effort to get to a settlement here? I don't know what to expect. You know, I was like, are they just playing with me? And then this whole time, and it's their job, but the whole time they were just trying to, I mean, they're lawyers, it's their job, right? Yeah. So they're trying to exhaust you with tedious, you know, paperwork and processes and things like this because they essentially the whole time they want me to give up i mean that's kind of like their, yeah, their exactly. main thing the war then, of attrition right yeah, wear you down yeah. until you quit and just talk shit and talk down to me and give me all this you know pedantic bullshit the whole time so that's that's their whole again so i, I had to fight that the whole time just like dig in with these with these yeah. scumbags and that's just like that's how that's how they do it 
Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't go away. You know, they didn't know who they were dealing with, obviously. Right. So, uh, so I, uh, so I stuck in there. And so though, so we had to go through this mediation. They had this like handpicked guy, like, Oh, we worked with Mr. Such and such before. He's really great. He has a lot of experience in this area. And then, um, and when they presented it, it was essentially this, this cost would have cost me the mediator would have cost me give or take 2000 bucks out of pocket, you know, cause these people, you know, it's a, it's a lucrative profession. Yeah, right? totally. And I said, uh, well, I'm really, I'm, I don't, I'm really not comfortable with that. Why don't we just do direct settlement? You know? And I said, uh, here's my offer. Here's why I think my case is strong. Let's go through a, uh, a direct settlement, uh, conversation. And they said, well, Mr. Flo, we don't, we don't feel that's, um, you know, the best choice. We feel like a third party was be better because, um, you know, there's be more objective, more, uh, more insight into these kind of things. And, you know, so then they, they came back with the offer, like, okay, how about if you accept the mediator's decision, we'll pay for it. That was the next step, right? They wanted me to pay mm -hmm. for it. And then I said, I'm not really, I'm not really quite honestly able to pay for it. And then I said, well, if you, well, if you, if you go through this process and at the end, it sounds good, we'll pay for it. And then I was like, well, that gives me pause as well, because that essentially puts pressure on me to accept the mediocre decision. Right. Yeah. Um, so on one hand, like I got to come up with a couple thousand bucks, which I honestly didn't have, or, um, you know, s just settle for whatever they might throw at me just to, you know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. And I told him that I said, well, I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel confident in that. It doesn't give me, you know, I don't, doesn't give me peace of mind. I don't like that either. And then they said, okay, we'll pay for it either way. You know, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Wow, okay, cool. So now I have nothing to lose. So I go with uh, with their mediator um, on their dime, no matter what, you know, whether or not, you know, it, it sounds good or not. At the end of the day, I had I had the option to, to go with it or refuse. So that's what it came down to. And um, we, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think if there's any other highlights in the story other than, yeah. other than, uh, other than um, I got, I, you know, I can't discuss the uh, the amount, but anyway, we yeah. went to we went to the uh, this discussion a couple weeks later. Um, I had one of my my friends and supporters from the WCRC there, kind of as a kind of as a little a little wingman sitting there with me. So you go into it's a Zoom meeting, and it's just different rooms. So the mediator comes talks to you. So I wasn't talking to them directly at all. Mediator bouncing little Zoom room. Hey, blah blah blah. This is what they're thinking. This is what they're offering, not offering. You leave the Zoom, go talk to them. So you never, you never, I never kind of talked to them directly. And then we just, we started out saying like, I think this is why my case is strong. They were saying, well, Mr. Flood, you should, uh, you know, going to trial is not just a risk-free proposal. Again, they're trying to intimidate me, wear me out the whole time. So there's, you know, and if, if I, if I were, were not to have gotten a settlement and I had to go to trial, I would essentially have to you know, train myself to be some kind of operational level trial attorney within like two months. So that, yeah. that, that thought was incredibly daunting and, and, and unnerving, you know, well, you did kind of, you did kind of assume a lot of the roles of like, you know, having to navigate the legal system on your own without, you know, like, like full legal representation. So, I mean, I was always impressed with like, you were always telling me like, Oh, I had to, I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm doing a crash course in this and that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the, um, I was telling Ryan this, like, as far as, uh, and just to be there. clear, Ryan from The Last American Vagabond. He lab, yeah. Yes, yes, another. Yes, yes. See, you can't dismiss <laughs> the fact that we're all like homies here. First yeah. Yeah, there you I'm go. not, now I'm not just, uh, don't You're just no slouch. Him. Well, oh well, yeah, I'm just not just a, a admirer of his work. Now we hang out yeah. and play poker. It's yeah, you know. exactly. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and I think I will be talking to him in the in a week or so. So cool. we'll see. But, um, Beautiful. 
but uh but i was telling him like i really as far as the lawyers that they had they had a team they had three lawyers like two paralegals who knows whatever other they had a whole team working and it's just me yeah and my people in the wcc just help once a week we have a zoom call like you know you get in there you go over your case like okay what's going on they're trying to help people with um templates for some of the paperwork the all the weird legal processes you have to go through okay what you know just and that's all i had so i had a once a week zoom call and you know uh marnie you know a friend of mine also marnie who was working with them she was a human shout out to her for uh help there too but that's all i really had was just this group of people who just wanted to stand up to this just to fight this and i just had that I just had that will that like, I'm not going to sit down for this bullshit, you know? And I didn't, yeah. I didn't know, like I said, so leading into the, um, to the mediation, I was super duper stressed because the, like I said, the succession of events over the summer was really intense. They just kept hitting you with more paperwork, you know, you know, I had something to do with the, all the time. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know if they're just going to play with me. And, and this whole mediation is just, you know, BS. Um, but luckily it came, it came out in my favor, but, uh, but I gotta say, as you were talking about the, I was not super impressed with their, with their argumentation at all. Like the, as far as like rhetoric and logic, I feel very strong, you know, I mean, this is obviously, but when it came down to the processes, that's where their advantage was, you know, so, I mean, I yeah. felt obviously morally, ethically, logically, legally, super duper strong when it but it would jumping into the legal the legal uh snake pit that's the that's the scary part so that was really stressful when i didn't know if uh if i'd have to go to trial but yeah. luckily i didn't so okay yeah. Yeah. wow so it all kind of just and it wrapped up recently it all just kind of what was the as it was leading up to the conclusion like did it again like what you were describing a minute ago did it all just kind of just fall into place really quickly or what was like the final end stages of the settlement like so it was just, it was about give or take three hours and we're, we're in there, we're discussing, we're going, we start out with the case. And then, um, like I said, I didn't know if they were going to sincerely come with a, a good offer. I don't know if they're going to offer me like, you know, 3000 bucks or something. I don't know. So offer me yeah. some pittance or something, but they started with a, a, you know, the mediator told me this, they started with a respectable kind of, you know, number. And we went from there. So at that point, um, we kind of discussed the strengths and the weaknesses of what we what we thought. And, you know, they told me again, well, this is not. So if I did a really bad job and I had to go to trial, I could theoretically be uh, liable to pay their legal fees, which would be really, really bad news for me. So that was stressing me out. Yeah. And they tried to tell me, uh, oh, they did say, um, you know, Mr. Flood, as far as the venue of this court, if we go and they requested a trial, a trial with a jury. If we go to trial in Seattle, you have to know that most of the population in Seattle is going to be very much against a person like yourself. I'm yeah, like, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, that's a that's a fair point. You know, um, one uh, one other thing that they did in the process that was was uh, I was not impressed with was this. And this is before the settlement. They hired an expert witness. Um, and this this person was um, I guess this is his career. Like he'll just wait. He's an expert witness. And what he he looked at the case. Right. And he and he types up this document that's, you know, they asked for, you know, all my job application history. And I just I had to give him like all these receipts from, you know, job applications and deed and all this stuff. And then he was and then he, he, he produced this little document. Um, it's I think he just Googled like kind of like uh, tech tech jobs. Oh, there's there's tons of jobs available and at the bottom. Pretty much he summed it up and their expert witness. The whole reason that he kind of submitted this report say, oh, Mr. Flood, I don't think you're. Uh, your pursuit for a job was diligent or motivated enough. I think 
with your credentials, you should have had a job within 30 days. Like that's that that's wow. that's it. Yeah. So they hired a quote unquote expert witness to say that I should have gotten a job sooner than I did. Wow. And this is, and this is that. Yeah, that's how stupid it was. Like at the height of COVID insanity, I was just fired for not taking this shot. This guy, his expert opinion is on how pay, fast people can get jobs as that I should have gotten a job faster essentially to say to mitigate their liability for damages right that's that's yeah. that's what they're saying like oh well he should have gotten a job quicker so we shouldn't have to even entertain damages for anything beyond this you know so that was that was their thing and I was uh I was that was one thing I was looking forward to if I had to go to court was to, to Crawford reference him was like you know this is like, dude, you're in a, this imaginary world where COVID doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I'm supposed to have gotten a job, you know, instantly. Just get just get out of here. So Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. So what would be some of your advice for anybody listening who may be in a position where they're considering taking legal action or if they're in the process of doing it right now and they're feeling discouraged? What would be your message to them? I would say absolutely hang in there, look for resources, and just know that your legal case is very, very strong, especially since there are, you know, I don't know any other, I know of some uh, kind of class action and some city employees that have won, you know what I mean? But at this point, I would just say, if anyone's in, in the middle of this process or considering it, I mean, hopefully no one has to go through it again, but um, just know that the, the legality is, is, is not in question as far as I'm concerned. So, you have to um, find whatever resources you can, hang in there, realize that realize that it's going to be a long process, like, and you can't get too much, too up or too down. Like I said, I was like, you know, just like I said, with the default pursuing that, just the, the frustration, the time, everything extending outward and outward, just don't expect anything too soon and just stick stick to it and, and you know, make your own decision as best you can for your circumstances and you know, what you can do with um, how much time and energy you can devote to it. But um, just just hang in there, man, because it can it can be done, you know, and it was it's, yeah. it's very difficult. It's very draining. And you have to make that decision if you want to, you know, take that on or not. And some people and I can understand, you know, couldn't don't want to and wouldn't want to or, you know, so, you know, think about think about what, what works for you. But um it can be done because I did it. Right. So yeah. Awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, dude. Well, uh, yeah. any other final words for the audience or anything? Um, Hey man, uh, no, no, just, you know, thank, thank everybody for the support. Anybody who's going through it. If, um, if you, if you need help, like you can email me or Scott and get in touch with me. We can, we can put in, info in there, but the people that helped me were the Washington civil rights council mm. and they may or may or not. I mean, they specialize in Washington state, but if you have questions, they might be able to help, you know, cause there are, there are different organizations out there um, that can, that can help you. Or even if I could personally, if you have any questions to bounce off me, you know, if I can help any, and that's what I'm trying to do after okay. calling all this up, you know, anyone who's in a similar position, it's difficult, but, um, yeah, man, we gotta we gotta fight these people, man. Absolutely. So, What's the yeah. best way for people to get a hold of you then? Do you want to give out your email here, or do you want to give out like, well, tell your ex, your whatever, your Twitter at Win <laughs> Win Smith Diary. Win Smith Diary. Win Smith Diary. It's on Twitter. Follow me there. Message me yep. there. Or there the email. There the email. Full email address is a uh, Winston Smith plural Diary at Proton Mail. Okay. Winston Smith with an S on it. Diary at ProtonMail.com or check out WCRC.us and 
you know, they might be able to, they might be able to help you, you know, cool. even if you're not in that state. So, yeah. Yeah. At least provide resources or say, Hey, yeah, here's some colleagues we have in your state or whatever. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, good job, Patrick way to fight the man and win. Uh, that's always great. And good David and Goliath story. I love to hear that. And uh, these bastards need to be held accountable. So if you're out there and you're on the fence about it, um, please, please take the, you know, just do it. You know what I mean? And was there much cost for you out of pocket overall? Like what was your out of pocket cost for the whole process? Would you say? Um, well, one thing was, so every time you submit these th different legal documents and I did it all online, but you'd have to pay to submit different documents. And so I ran up a bill of, uh, seven or 800 bucks. Then I had a lawyer kind of help me prepare documents that, so I did, I did accrue a little over as far as the time it's almost, I don't know how it's hard to even calculate. I had, the, yeah. um, but I did accrue some costs just out of pocket with like the process server filing paperwork. I had an attorney help me, uh, you know, write, write down some of the arguments and some of the, a uh, couple of documents. So there was some out of pocket. The good thing is once the default came around, the judge said, okay, tell me how much you, how much time you spent and how much you paid out of pocket. And essentially made, they, so before the settlement, she made the defense pay me, you know, a little bit for my time. And, yeah. and the, so I recuperated that as well, which was, which was super nice. So, but yeah, it was a few, a total, definitely a few, two, 3000 bucks, you know, over that, over that span for, to do all that stuff. Not, okay. to mention, not to mention the time and the research and the, uh, you know, the energy and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, hopefully that was a good return on the investment then. For you, so. Man, it's yeah. a, a super, it was a long, a long road, but it felt yeah. really awesome to get to the end. Good, so, good man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations. So, Thank all right, you. guys. So go give Patrick a follow, Winsmith Diary. If you have any questions, shoot them to him over there. And uh, yeah, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Another episode of Rebunked. Uh, do I have any other announcements? I feel like I did, but that's all right. We're just going to end it. All right, guys. Oh. Peace. Yeah, what's up? Check out terrainscience.com too. Oh, yeah, terrainscience.com. Yeah, shout that's out. That's just a little something. I, I help Anthony with that. And, yeah, yeah. And, Anthony's been on the show. You put him yeah. in touch. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so terrainscience.com. Go check it out. And, yeah. uh, and Victoria, too. You know, Victoria. Uh, uh, from Qu Seattle? Quinn, Victoria Quinn, yes. Oh, right. yes. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. No, that's actually yeah. a different one. That's a different one. But yeah, I do know I do know her yeah. with who works with Anthony. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So cool. Right. She was on the show, too. So now I've got the whole yeah. I got the whole freaking terrain science crew on the show now. So that's, that's awesome. Right. All, All right, right, man. We'll take it easy. I'll catch up with you soon. All right. Peace. All right, everybody. Peace.